bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Utes Nation, what's going on? I'm your host, Zach Rieger. Welcome into another Swoop Saturday podcast presented by The Hive Sports. And let me just tell you, happy Super Wild Card Weekend. First time in history. It's been upgraded. It's no longer just a Wild Card Weekend. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. Yep, back-to-back days of three NFL games. I know this is a college podcast, but... I mean, we're we're still going to talk about the NFL a little bit, and actually predominantly today, uh, as we're kind of ending the football season. The basketball season is still starting off, uh, and we're we're into conference play now in basketball, which is fantastic. But still, going to be talking about the NFL because I mean that's the big event going on this weekend, and there are a lot of former youths that are playing both today and tomorrow in those games. So, instead of only ranking out my top five of Week 17 in the NFL, I'm still going to do that, but I'm also going to talk about the former Utah football players in the playoffs, how their season's gone, what the matchups look like, things like that. So, a lot of folks on that, and then I'll talk a little bit. We got to talk about the current Utes as well. It's a Utah Soup Saturday podcast. We got to talk about what's going on right now uh, in college. So, I'll talk a little bit about the Utes basketball season as well. I was a little more optimistic uh, last episode, uh, but I, I'm still feeling okay with the Utes basketball uh, program. I I think I think it could be good, but more getting into that later. Uh, before I get fully into the show, before we dive right in, be sure to follow us on social media at The Hive Sports, and you can follow me at Zach Rieger eighteen. But all right, now that we got that out of the way, enough of that. Let's get into the show. All right, so let's start off with my top five Utes in the NFL for Week 17. All right, coming in at number five, defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions, John Penasini. He had a whopping one tackle against the Vikings in a high-scoring, pretty competitive game for two teams that didn't have a any postseason opportunities. So it was still great. And of course, this tackle was a tackle for a loss, which made it great. I am very happy for the Detroit Lions organization for uh, getting rid of Matt Patricia. That was the right move. And I've, I mean, they, they need to turn it around. John Penasini is definitely one of those pieces that can turn around. He's been very productive since they named him a starter in the middle of the year. Uh, so had to get him on list again, had that tackle for a loss, uh, you know, just overall great season for John Penasini. I'll talk about him a little bit more, uh, within the next few weeks when I do a full on recap of how everyone did this season, all the former Utes, he's been awesome and I'm very excited for his future, uh, with the league and I hope, (laughs) I hope he does okay now that he's in Detroit. You know, they don't want to say anything too bad, but Detroit has not had the best luck with uh, superstars and great players. But John Penasini, we believe, 
Uh, great job, congrats on the season. Uh, I know I'm very excited to see uh, how he grows in that system and just grows as a player overall. Coming at number four, we got Tim Patrick. He made the list. <laughs> Uh, I said last week I kind of wanted him to, and he had a great opportunity uh, against the Raiders. And let me tell you, he didn't really capitalize. <laughs> he had two, only two catches, and but those two catches were for 46 yards. Uh, just with the yardage and him having some role, he squeaked onto this list at number four. Tim Patrick, very quiet over the last handful of weeks after having just a monster season. Uh, kind of a breakout season, honestly. Uh, we'll see heading into next year what it's going to look like with Jerry Judy heading into year two. KJ Hamler developing in the slot. Cortland Sutton, of course, is coming back. So Tim Patrick, we'll see. He'll probably revert back into kind of a kind of a wide receiver four but gets on the field a lot just kind of as a rotational player I mean he showed this year he's very capable he's very reliable when he's targeted uh Drew Locke is just not the answer in Denver so he uh decided not target him as much and decided not to throw to him quite as much and give him all those uh all those throws (laughs) that he was getting earlier in the year but It's all right, Tim Patrick, great year as well. Very excited to recap him, especially just because uh, I remember before the season started, of course, this is my podcast, so I toot my own horn quite a bit, as you listeners know. Uh, But before the season, I was talking about how Tim Patrick, I did a fantasy show, and there weren't a whole lot of youths outside of Zach Moss and possibly Alex Smith that really had much fantasy value. But I brought up Tim Patrick, and I was like, I could see it. I was like, I'm not not going to put all the marbles down on it, so I guess it's my bad. I should have doubled down on my investment since it was my, you know, it was my thoughts. But, he, I mean, he played amazing, and he was a huge waiver wire pickup in fantasy. He, you know, played well, probably won people a few weeks. He's had a couple two-touchdown, one-touchdown games that had, like, 100 yards. He He did it all in Denver, so fantastic fine for the Broncos that he's been in the league a few years now and he's he's kind of developed unfortunately against a good matchup with the Raiders he did only get those two catches but we'll blame Drew Locke we won't blame Tim Patrick and me as a Missouri guy nah, not the easiest to blame Drew Locke but at the same time eh, kind of easy at the same time <laughs> uh, but anyways moving on number three Eric Rowe uh, free safety, safety, corner, nickel, you know, secondary defender for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins had a tough week. They had a win and get in situation against the Bills, and the Red Hot Bills just stayed hot. Just absolutely dominated the Dolphins. But Eric Rowe still had a great game. He had seven total tackles, five of them being solo. I mean, the reality of the situation is the Dolphins, no one expected the Dolphins to be this good or to get this close to the playoffs this year. They still have two first-round picks. I'm pretty sure they have multiple second-round picks as well. They are loaded for the future, and the Dolphins, I mean, Brian Flores is a great coach. I know there are some people questioning how he 
you know, came into week 17 in a must-win game and his players come out flat. But going back to last year, one of the worst rosters in NFL history uh, finds five wins. This year, rookie quarterback has Fitzmagic. In my opinion, she'll kept Fitzmagic in, but that's neither here nor there. He finds a way to win, and he has a strong defense. The Dolphins are just good. They weren't expected to be this good. They were expected to maybe be middle of the pack, maybe 6-10, 7-9, but still on the lower end. And they were one win away from the postseason. So, Eric Rowe, great game. He's going to stay... <laughs> On that defense, that will be even better next year. So Eric Rowe will continue to be to make this list next year as well, especially when he's on the Dolphins. Coming in at number two, Julian Blackman. Safety for the Indianapolis Colts, of course. The rookie standout had five tackles against the Jaguars, one of them being a tackle for the loss. And this was a must-win game for the Colts as well. And Julian Blackman, I think, is probably going to write Eric Rowe a little thank-you note since the Colts needed at least... They needed one of, like, five teams to lose, and the Dolphins were one of those teams, and they lost. So that pretty much meant if the Colts win, they are in, and they won, of course, because they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So not too bad of... uh, Opportunity there to make the playoffs, but congrats to Julian Blackman. Even though he's a Colt and I'm a Titans fan, we uh, we we still slightly get along. Now I I do like Julian Blackman and what he's done. He's fun to watch on the field, uh, and I'll, I'll actually talk about him a little bit later in the show as well when we start talking about uh, some guys that are in the playoffs. Then coming at number one, in a little bit of a quieter week to end the year week 17 is always one of those weird weeks where you know some players go off that normally don't go off and then some of your studs and great athletes they they just have average to you know slightly below average games but coming in at number one has to be of course the alex smith comeback player of the year as the trophy should be called it's Alex Smith, quarterback for the Washington football team. His stats weren't amazing, I will give you that. He was 22 of 32, 162 yards, two touchdowns, which is great. Two interceptions, not so great against the Eagles on Sunday night. But when you look at the situation, the Washington football team needed to win. They didn't need any help from anyone else. They just All they had to do was win. Focus on themselves, win and they're in, lose, they're out. What did Alex Smith do? He did enough to get his team the win. He got the win. He played well. He didn't make too many mistakes. He did have those two interceptions, but he didn't do it. He did get some help from Doug Peterson's uh, incompetence, if you want to want to call it. His idiocracy are a few words that I would like to throw out there. Um, just... I I still don't understand it, and I don't think many people understand it. And I know the Eagles players, they don't understand. They're pissed about it. Like, this was kind of a sloppy, ugly, typical NFC East-style game. 
and you have your second round rookie in there to see what he can do in a clutch situation. You guys are down three points, and you want to see what Nate Sudfield can do. A guy who's been in the league for four or five years, like that, it still makes no sense to me. And you could, it just, it was ugly to watch. It's not even like he saw Sudfield strut. It wasn't just like Sudfield missed a couple throws or, you know, made a few like tiny mistakes. Like he looked awful and the Eagles could not move the ball. He kept him in there the entire quarter. Just unfortunate, but. We're not going to talk about that too much longer because that could be a whole other podcast, honestly. I could talk for days about Doug Peterson, but I'm not going to do that because this is Swoop Saturday. We're all about positivity here, and we're all about the Utah Utes and Alex Smith. Unbelievable. His season, he's going to be another fun one to talk about. I'll talk about him a little bit later as well with him getting to the playoffs, but then just in my season recap, like, Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I don't really have all the words to say just because of how crazy and incredible it is. So hopefully by that time where I actually wrap that recap, I can maybe put it into words and, you know, do good good at my job as a podcaster and put things into words. But you know what? We'll get to that someday. But anyways, there's my top five. John Penasini at number five. Four, Tim Patrick. Three, Eric Rowe. Two, Julian Blackman. And number one. The GOAT, Alex Smith. Let's get into the playoff matchups. The first game today, Bills-Colts. Great matchup. Bills-Colts, Zach Moss, Julian Blackman. Two guys that have made my top five list many a times. I haven't even counted yet. I don't want to count yet. I want to go through playoffs, see how everything goes. I'll probably end up only counting regular season because that's when you get the full pool of players. But still, Zach Mostrell and Blackman have been very comfortable, made themselves at home on my top five list, and for good reason. Zach Moss didn't make this one. He had he, he didn't play a whole lot, uh, didn't get a whole lot of use. I think he had three or four carries for like eight yards or something, something along those lines against the Dolphins. I expect that workload to go way up. Uh, it's playoffs as the Colts. The Colts are a good rush defense, and the Bills don't necessarily rush the ball a ton. But I, I mean, Zach Moss is way better than that. He'll get more usage, get a lot more work. Uh, for that, Julian Blackman, on the other hand, is going to be <laughs> is going to be interesting. Uh, he's been an amazing rookie. He is certainly has a talent to be up for the task. But the Bills are just so red hot right now. It's hard to root against them. And it's hard to, you know, bet against them. Especially when you're talking about a rookie in the secondary. And you're talking about Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Even John Brown, Cole Beasley. Like, their offense is fantastic. And they've been red hot. They just put up 55, 56 points against the Miami Dolphins defense. Which... Before that, we were talking about was one of the best defenses in the league. Overall, by the end of the season, they still will be. But just insane numbers that they've been putting up. Uh, I do not envy Julian Blackman right now uh, for this matchup, but I know who Julian Blackman is as a player, as a man. He's going to come ready to play. Uh, I mean, I still remember that hit against the Titans on Thursday night in the first quarter when he knocked 
Derrick Henry down for like a three-yard loss. Like, that just does not happen. Julian Blackman will be ready. Uh, he's going to be poised. The Colts defense is not an easy task. And then, uh, so that, overall, the Bills-Colts game, I think is going to be very well. Kind of two different styles. Uh, the Colts, you know, have Phillip Rivers. Like to run the ball. Jonathan Taylor is really coming to his own. Then you have the Bills, who are just big play. Josh Allen running. Josh Allen scrambling. Throwing it deep. Stephon Diggs wide open. Just Bills defense very well improved. Very much improved over. But anyways, that is the Bills Colts recap. Not really recap. Preview. Youth preview. Whatever you want to call it. It's Zach Moss versus Julian Blackman will be a great game. Uh, and that great way to start off your Soup Saturday with two former studs, actually current studs as well, uh, going head-to-head in the first game of the first ever Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's get into the next game. Rams-Seahawks, another divisional game. I'm curious to see, just kind of on a side note, how many divisional games we're going to have with this extended playoff format. We have Rams-Seahawks. We have Steelers-Browns. Like I, I feel like it's a lot more likely now that you have divisional matchups, so it's going to be a lot more of the time where you're playing a team for the third time, which I have mixed feelings about because <laughs> I like it because it's, I mean, it's hard to beat a team three times. You know each other very well, so they're definitely very good games, very competitive games. But at the same time, it's always kind of fun with playoffs to see matchups that haven't happened before so i'm still not fully sure how i feel about it i mean i i do like the extended playoff because there's another team in there keeps things competitive keeps things a little interesting makes the one seed worth a little bit more for the chiefs and the packers uh this season but just something i'm kind of curious to see in the next few years to see how many divisional matchups there truly are but anyways Rams seahawks Former Utes with the Rams, there's Terrell Burgess, who was kind of getting off to a great start uh, with the Rams. He was having a good season uh, in his, let's see how many games he played, two, four, five games that he played. He totaled eight total tackles, seven were solo, and uh, had a pass breakup. Those kind of stats, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing really stood out. But you could just tell the Rams defense, already amazing and already elite. You could just tell there was just a little something added when Terrell Burgess was on the field. Unfortunately, had that season-ending injury. Uh, So he will not be playing today, but had to bring his name up. Want to recognize the great season that he did have. Then on the Seahawks, you have special teamer Cody Barton, the linebacker as well. Uh, This season, some of his stats, 35 total tackles, 24 of them being solo, two forced fumbles, and then all his special teams hit tackles that have just been insane. I know it was like week two, week three of some early in the year where... Yeah, I think it was week three uh, when they were playing the Patriots on Sunday night. And he just 
laid the kickoff returner out. Cody Barton, love him, love the special teams, nature, that mindset. Uh, so, I mean, he'll be on the field this game. So, keep an eye out for Cody Barton. He's fantastic. He's so fun to watch on special teams. And he gets in at linebacker every now and then. So, keep an eye out for number 47. All right, next game. The third game of the day, the final game of today, Soup Saturday. Bucks versus the Washington football team. There are no former Utes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their loss. And that's why I'm pulling for Washington in this one. Uh, just because, I mean, seven and nine teams so far have been goaded in the playoffs. Marshawn Lynch, the Beast Quake, the seven and nine Seahawks against the Saints. And then there were a few other games as well where the seven and nine teams, they they did their thing. So, I I mean, when you look at any sort of analysis, you know, it's the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks. It really should be when you actually look at the numbers, you look at the players, look at trends how everything's going it should be the bucks but just for that reason i'm going with washington football team baby betting on alex smith betting on jared norris jared norris haven't really mentioned his name he's a former ute he's on the washington football team as well he's a special teamer uh got on the field uh his only defensive snap he played one defensive snap last week and that was his first non-special team snap of the season so that's fantastic Jared keep it up maybe he gets on the field on defense as well this week uh that'd be kind of awesome to see uh you former you on both offense and defense of the same team in the NFL if not you know Jared keep doing your thing on special teams Alex Smith this this is the game the Bucks defense has been pretty good their rush defense has been stout for years their pass defense, they have uh, that great corner. Uh, but other than that, their secondary still is growing. So Alex Smith can do his thing. I do think Alex Smith, it's tough with his situation. Uh, but he hasn't been fully healthy. You can just kind of tell uh, with his play lately. He's just a little banged up. Nothing too serious, but just a little banged up. So hopefully he's had a little bit of time. I know going from Sunday night to Saturday night isn't the biggest break. It's less than a normal week, uh, so it's kind of a quick turnaround. But, you know, he, he's a fighter. We all know that uh, with what he's been through. And that's another reason. Like, how do you not bet on Alex Smith right now? Just everything he's been through. He leads his team to the playoffs. Like, are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. Alex Smith. I'm so excited to see you play Sunday night, or Saturday night, excuse me, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Heading into Sunday, my Tennessee Titans host the Baltimore Ravens, and there are zero Utes on either of those games, or uh, on either of those teams in that game. So we'll just move right along uh, to the Bears and Saints. This is another good one, pretty much Jalen Johnson versus Marcus Williams. Chase Hansen is also on the Saints. He's a special teamer. Had that had a snap at linebacker last week. Uh, maybe he'll keep that going. Um, you know, he, he's he been a great special teamer for the Saints. The Saints have always been. Sean Payton is very disciplined. The Saints are normally very 
disciplined on all three, you know, sides of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. So good for Chase Hansen, getting the list, getting getting to the playoffs, baby. Then we'll sticking with the Saints, Marcus Williams, free safety, just a stud. The Saints defense, just unbelievable. They're right up there with the Rams defense. Marcus Williams has been a key contributor since week one. Uh, let's check out some of his stats on the year. He has three interceptions, 59 tackles, seven pass breakups. I mean, just fantastic season, fantastic young career. Him and Malcolm Jenkins in the back of the secondary, just that's that's tough. <laughs> when you're a quarterback and you're looking there, you try to look off a of safety. That's not going to happen against these guys. You try to line them up, find mismatches. It's not going to be easy against these guys. Uh, two solid safeties, solid secondary, solid D-line. Linebackers are great. Overall, great defense for New Orleans, and Marcus Williams really helps out with that. And then on the Bears, Jalen Johnson. He is rookie extraordinaire, fantastic. He has missed the last three games, however, with injury. And this week, he's been limited in practice. He is questionable, but some of the other Bears that are also questionable have not practiced at all, which leads to a pretty good sign since Jalen Johnson has at least, he hasn't practiced in full, but he's been limited, so he's at least practiced. You know, he's gotten on the field slightly. So there's no official word. I hope he plays uh, just because he played such a great season. He deserves to be able to play in this playoff game and give his team a chance because I mean, he gives his team the best chance. With The Bears' defense just has not been the same these last three weeks. Uh, they've just been giving up a ton of points. So they need Jalen Johnson. He's had an unbelievable season. Uh, hopefully he can get out there. And then the last game, the Sunday night game, Steelers-Browns, uh, you know, times three, <laughs> the third game between them. Uh, second one in consecutive weeks. Once again... Zero Utah Utes, their loss, not ours. Uh, so that'll do it. <laughs> it's a full slate of a lot of Utah players uh, today. You know, the season's not over. The college season is over, but football season is still on. Still a lot of former used to root for. And then let, let's get into basketball real quick before we close out the show. Oh, guys, Utes Nation, I was... I was ready, and then I was heartbroken. I talked last week. I recorded on a Friday. I was ready. There was the UCLA game, or recorded on a Thursday, excuse me. There was the UCLA game. I said, I think we can do it. I think it'll be close. It'll be a good game, but this can really show that Utah is the real deal and can compete in the Pac-12 to help that New Year's resolution, you know, win the Pac-12. Let's do it. Why not us? Well, the heartbreaker, as you guys know, lost 72-70 to just right through the gut, right through the heart. Just, oh, that one hurt. And I think it affected Utah a little bit with such a tough loss. Then they lost to USC, 46-64, to just a brutal loss on the scoreboard. But when you look at it, it was all such a second-half collapse. It was only a four-point game at half. Utah was down four points 
that's not a problem at all. So just they they need to get back on track. It's not going to be easy uh, tonight on this amazing soup Saturday. They are playing number seventeen Oregon, and so that that should be a good game. <laughs> It'll be tough for Utah, but they can they got to start turning around, get some positive momentum after that second half second half collapse. Um, the two. Uh, I don't know how how I should say this, but the two kind of stars of the first part of the season, it, it's pretty easy. It's Alfonso Plummer and Timmy Allen, you guys both know. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, uh, his through seven games, his stats, 14.7 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 0.7 assists, and 1.4 steals. Then the forward, Timmy Allen, the stud that he is, <laughs> Uh, 14.3 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and then 1.4 steals per game. Uh, so those two guys were leading the way for this Ute squad, and they've been playing great. They need, you know, step it up just a little bit, get their teammates more involved. The teammates need to step up some, because there's some talent on this Utah squad. Just gotta, just gotta figure it out, and what better opportunity than against a ranked opponent in Oregon, so uh, hopefully Utah doesn't let me down again with another day of me with the podcast. Uh, Let's go, Utah. Uh, But that will do it. Thank you so much for listening to another Soup Saturday podcast presented by The Hive Sports. If you enjoyed this podcast, enjoyed this episode, it's a little bit longer of one, actually, so I... When I say thank you, I truly appreciate you putting up with my rambles. I had a few few extra rambles in this episode than normal, but that that's okay, you know. Uh, we can all work on getting better, and I'll try to ramble slightly less or slightly more if you enjoyed it. You know, I'm I'm here for the people, here for Utes Nation. But anyways, if you enjoyed it, I know I certainly enjoyed recording this one. Uh, please leave a review, subscribe, rate us five stars. Rate us, please rate us five stars. I was going to say another amount of stars, but please don't. <laughs> I'd appreciate the five stars, but be honest, you know, do what you can, uh, do what you think. Uh, let us know if, if you do rate us less than five stars, reply in the comments, message me on Twitter, message the high sports on Twitter. Let, let us know what we can do better. I, I want to improve. I want to make this the best podcast for Utes nation that I can make it enjoyable. Uh, so if you have any ideas for the podcast, uh, any tips, pointers, Constructive criticism, guys, I can take it. Um, just let me know. Respond to the comments. But, guys, have a great rest of your Soup Saturday. And if you're going to be doing what I'm doing pretty much all day, which is watching some great playoff football and some great former youths going, I know you will have a great rest of your Soup Saturday. But anyways, let's end it as we always do. Go Utes! TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz. 